Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. I love it. Welcome back, y'all. We give you a minute. Right now, you are getting used to the week. You are planning. You are looking at your calendar ahead. Hopefully, if you're not, you should be. You guys know I give you a moment to come into the room, take a deep breath, get your learning caps on. Not a lot of time to waste on this one because we've done some really killer stuff with the emails that our audience has submitted. So go ahead and change your chat settings right here on the on the bottom right-hand side to everyone and tell me and John where you are tuning in from. That's what we want to know. Uh, shout out to all the folks that come to the show consistently. I know our Canadians are going to represent right now. Our international crowd has become bananas. Look, I said Canadians in Toronto was the first thing to hit the chat. Yep. They rep hard. Shout out Mexico. I see you. London in the UK. You guys always represent oh. Belize. What's popping? Wales. I see you. Nice. Texas. I love Texas. Do they do a big down in Texas? Uh, shout out my friend Beck Holland moved to Paris the other. I know. I heard. I'm actually having like, Beck on the. Uh, I'm having Beck on the podcast coming up. Actually. I know. I know. I'm yeah, excited to hear about Richard. that. Uh, what, reconnect what's the topic there. It's diagnosis discovery. Yeah, diagnosis selling. So I think it's a lot about discovery and and stuff like that. And I, I haven't talked to Beck in a while, so I'm I'm fired up for that conversation. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good conversation. All right, we got a lot of people coming in the room for this one. I think we had over 800 people register for this particular. show show. Yep, uh, yep. You're talking about how to write emails that convert. A lot's changed in 2024. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, John Barrows is in the room. I'm going to launch this question because this is kind of how we, me and John look at it. Like the people that are in the room, we're going to tailor the conversation as best we can to them. Scan this QR code, go to our website, sellbetter.xyz, learn more. Why we're doing this, how we do it, why we're doing it, who we're doing it for. It's you. It's the people that come to learn and grow and become the best professional they can. While you're out there, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel that we have. Sellbetter.xyz is what you want to do. Shout out to Exactly for jumping on the Sell Better train. We love picking up partners that have great products and services for salespeople. And my man, JB Sales, is offering a very special membership price for everyone that's in the room today. You can only get it right here on Sell Better. John, tell them a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, so the membership these days, I'm I'm learning out loud with everybody out there. So you get all my content, my core trainings, filling the funnel, driving a close, which are foundational stuff, workshops throughout the month, AMAs, all the on-demand stuff. It's typically 420 because I can make it so. Uh, for this crew, we're given a 25% discount with the drop that we're going to hit here. And the pricing's going up to a thousand bucks coming up here in about a month. So mm. you're getting a thousand dollars worth of value for about $300 here. If you want to join up and have some fun with me and learn out loud while we figure all this stuff out. Learn out loud. Get used to that phrase. You're going to be hearing it a lot from John. You can access the entire on-demand catalog. You're going to get monthly sessions with John. There's a world of knowledge at your disposal for 300 bucks. Shout out to Scotland. I'll see you later this year. All right, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. What's changed in cold emails? We're going to talk tips. We're going to give you a structure that you can actually follow as well. Quick tips that you can use. We all like actionable things we can change right away. You're going to get that here today. And then, of course, how to leverage AI to help you rewrite these emails in an effective way. Let's take a look at who's in the room. Dude, AEs and FTRs showing hours that you know seeing so many more aes because ae isn't being asked to do their own prospecting again and that was right. coming up hard and if you have no. a prospect in a while man it's not like riding a bike it's not and when things change as fast as they do you really got to adjust if you're an ae in the room 36 percent of our voters are aes in the room put a one in the chat if you are responsible for a certain percentage of your own pipeline at this point if you are responsible for a certain percentage, Yo. put a one in the chat. Look at all these ding, ones. Ding, 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 ding. And by the way, just to make a point on this, thank you. And I hope you're welcoming that because it drives me nuts AEs who think it's the SDR's responsibility to fill their pipeline. I do not know. I, I don't understand the mentality 
of relying on somebody else for your success. If you can figure out how to prospect, you will never, ever go hungry. So let's get it. True story. Uh, all right. So let's talk to the SDRs and the AEs in the room. Shout out to the 15% that are senior leadership. Thank you for coming. We need more of you in here. Uh, you have a very specific structure that you follow for cold emails. Let's give it to everybody up front before we review our first email. Yeah. So it's the ADA structure. It's a little bit old school. For those of you who know Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I don't recommend watching the movie. It's a depressing ass movie, but those eight minutes of Alec Baldwin's career are the best ever. So go watch it on YouTube. But it talks about AIDA, attention, interest, desire, action. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the fundamental process of sales. 1898, a guy by the name of St. Elmo Lewis came up with it. He said, these are the four mental stages we all need to go through before we buy something. For something needs to get our attention, then we have to be interested, then we have to have a desire, then we have to move to act. So if we look at an email, the subject line gets my attention, right? Am I even going to look at this thing? The first sentence tells me whether or not I'm going to open it. And so that sentence, interest, what does it got to be? It's got about me because you know why? Nobody cares about us. They only care about themselves. So you starting with, hey, I'd like to introduce myself. Nobody cares. And then desires your value proposition, then your call to action. So if we segment it out that way, we can tweak each section and figure out how to maximize the results. The, the key word there is tweak. And I know that seems like a weird keyword, but you have to make changes, right? In 2024, yep. we are hyper vigilant about mm -hmm. what's automated and what a robot sent me. So oh, I can tell. Accordingly, talk about that. Yep. we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to show you some stuff some robots did that are actually pretty helpful. So get ready, buckle up. Let's talk, right. let's talk about this first email, JB. Yep. And I think I think the first thing that caught my attention was the two-word subject line. Let's talk about subject lines and openers, and then we'll de unpack the rest of this. Yeah. So subject line, look, it's still to this day, if you put a company's name or somebody's name in the subject line, it does stand out and it gets higher connector, it gets higher open rates, right? Because it shows some level of personalization, if nothing else. So I actually don't mind the subject line at all, um, especially open enrollment at the time that it's going out. Now you have to understand there's a specific date that comes up with open enrollment for healthcare. So that's why this thing's going out there with that date. Um, so I don't mind that at all. And then I like the intro, right? George, I saw and, and nuance here. So he says, George, comma, saw your group benefit on February 1st. That is actually all one line that fits right there. So instead of saying George, comma, and then saw your group, like that actually helps because it got some, mm, all right, okay, this person knows my benefits are coming up here, so I might open this, okay? Yeah, I, I get the, I don't think this is clickbait feeling when I see it close together like that and there's not a gap between. I don't, I don't feel like they used a token, right? <laughs> Well, and that's, well, your perfect example here is like AI, what AI is doing, and we'll talk about that. AI is taking all the common things that most people do. So for instance, that's why I can almost guarantee you, I can tell when a comment on LinkedIn is used by AI because it's putting like a, a strong arm emoji at the end or like a, you know, something like that dumb and it does it every single time. So it's picking up on all our tendencies on what were best practices for the past however many years. Yeah. And so you'll see George comma. Uh, or it'll even say, dear George, because a lot of them will say that. And, you know, I hope you and your family are doing well. You'll see a lot of AI kick that off, right? Yeah. So even these small nuances matter when it comes to this, because this is just different. George, comma, in line, that's different than most George, comma, enter space in line. Right. And for what it's worth, your email has never found me well. Um, John, anything else about this email before we look at the AI version of it? Anything that stands out to you? And I, I like that we're going to pivot to the AI side so y'all can ask your questions. I want to prompt you guys to yep. ask your questions in the Q&A. John thinks on his feet very well. If you have a question about your own email structures and strategies, he will answer them as best he can. I'll 
Madeline, great question. Uh, Madeline, great question on that one. Is it me? Uh, it put, instead of I saw, I, I don't mind this in this regard because, you know, trying to remove the amount of eyes in our vocabulary to make it more about them than us. I don't hate it. I, it is. And I'll say this. I suck at touch typing. You know what I'm, and I was always trying to like review my emails and make sure there was a capital and I spelt it all and it was spaced out right now. Yeah. I actually don't do that anymore. I free flow. I don't capitalize any of my letters because I suck at typing anyways. But the fact that it's not capitalized is actually an odd thing that now stands out in a positive way that shows that maybe, just maybe, this is a human. So I think that's one of those nuances where I don't, I, you know, grammatically, I, I, it bothers me, but... It, in the, in the instance of trying to stand out in today's day and age of AI, I actually don't hate it. But to your point, um, James, I like, I'm personally a huge fan of starting with a question, right? Wondering how you manage rate increases and for employees about their higher premiums, right? Because that's an immediate, I call it an interest question, right? Attention, interest, desire, action. That interest gets me to go, wait, not only have we got higher premiums, how am I going to manage those and increase and inform my employees that's going to be t tough? I don't mind that. Now, that second one right there, statistics, um, according to Gong, reduce the likelihood of somebody opening up an email these days because they just don't believe it. If you're going to put a stat in there, use the exact name of the company you did that stat for so you can then follow it up with a case study. So say, hey, as a matter of fact, we showed this healthcare provider in your industry, XYZ company, how to, you know, and they got a 10.7 increase from 2024 and this is what they did about it, right? And then after that, you can form a, as a one-two punch, you can forward a case study, for instance, right? This is good. You're setting up for that future touch that you know yep. is coming. Great, great question in the in the chat here from Brian Wolf, uh, and, and I'm going to move to the AI version yep. as we answer this question, so that y'all can start reading this AI version of the same email. John's going to break down the prompt he used to get it. But Brian asks, "What do you think about the double question?" I was, I've always been slapping my own wrist, saying, "No, James, you get one question in, a, yep. in an email." Is that yeah. your flow too? Yeah, I like only one question. Go back to it real quick, just so I can make sure I, I remember what he said. Uh, companies in the twenty percent would it be a horrible idea. So, so actually, stay on this for a second. I don't like. I like that question. Just, to me, there's only one in there, and then the CTA. The CTA is a different uh, call to action. Because you're calling it a CTA, not a question. Exactly, and the question isn't to get their response. The question is to set up your response. So it's effectively, hey, I'm asking this question. And the reason I ask is because we can solve that problem, and so I like this. I'm not a huge fan of bullet points because I usually think bullet points can be multiple different emails here. But I, again, I don't hate it because it's brief and it also uses a little bit of the Chris Voss CTA. Would it be a horrible idea, which is you're hunting for the no, right? So the idea there is you want to hunt for the no, because when somebody says no, they actually feel more in control. So when you say, hey, would it be a horrible idea to do this? Nah, it wouldn't be a horrible idea. So again, small nuances there. This is the rewrite um, with the AI version of it. Now, Full disclosure here, I found out the person's name and their company, so I was able to put that into AI to say, hey, act like a, because for those of you who don't know, you have to say, act like a sales rep from this company, put your company's website in there, and then it'll act like you. And so I just rewrote it. Again, I'm, I'm not saying this is better or worse, but, and, and especially when it comes to the subject line right there, streamline, healthcare costs, open enrollment insights, that's maybe a little bit too long. But see how it starts with a question. And by the way, I didn't ask it to start with a question. I just said, follow the ADA for framework. As your, for how you manage rate increases inform employees about the higher premiums. We specialize in this by partnering with us. They don't have to control. Let me, and then I, I switched the CTA into a little bit more of an interest CTA, which is, hey, let me know if you'd be open to a call. Yep. But again, you have to think of these real quick as a story, not a 
point in time singular email that's going to send. If you look for any singular email or sing singular call and you think that's going to get a high response rate, you're wrong. You have to think about this as a story. So it's like you hit them with this and hey, what about this? And then you maybe share a piece of content. And then what about that? And then share a piece of content and then personalize it and then share a piece, of, you know, those type of things. So you have to mix this up. So as context for all of this is all of these individual emails are okay, but they're terrible as individual emails. They have to be part of a story. They're part of a bigger picture and a multi-touch contact strategy that you've developed. And that's yep. a good takeaway from there. While we're talking about these use cases for AI, I just want to launch this and see what you guys think. There's a lot of different ways AI is being yeah. used when it comes to our messaging today. And if it's something different, please let us know in the chat. Uh, a couple of things that I picked up on in the chat there as we move on to the next example, and yeah. we talk about the body of an email because that's cool. the focus I want to give now. You mentioned bullet points. We're going to unpack that a little bit, right? Yep. Uh, but one of the things I want to say is that I got really comfortable looking to the left of my emails and seeing how many times I started with the word I. Yeah. And then rewriting based on what that left mm -hmm. aim looked like. Like if I could just see like four eyes right there. No, no, no. Don't send that email. It's not about them. It's about me. And yep. that's no good. Yep. <laughs> so a perfect yeah. example. I used to start all my emails off with, I was researching and I saw this. I noted. Now a small nuance and this, everybody can write this one down. In researching your company, I saw this. So you don't start with I, right? So just, it, it actually forces you by, by writing your email, however you want to write it, and then reviewing it to remove the eyes and for instance, cut the amount of eyes in half, it forces you to actually be more creative with yeah. your vocabulary. And it actually gets you thinking a little bit more. So I'd encourage everybody, just write your emails and then go back and see how many times you use the word I and try to cut it in half, see what happens. Yeah, yeah that it, it's true. Uh, I, it worked for me really well and I did get a little bit better when it came to the writing side. Also, you kind of shrink it down a little bit because it's not about you anymore. But a lot of people using AI to do their email rewrites right now but I also see a lot of people doing research with AI, which is cool. Be careful. Be careful. There's yeah. like a 15% kind of make sure you're like fact checking. Always fact AI. check. <laughs> augmentation, not automation. Write that one down. AI should be used for augmentation, not automation. Yeah. And one more thing that actually you didn't have on that. One of my favorite use cases for AI is after you write that email, subject lines. Subject lines are one of the most, I don't know about it. Throw one in the chat if you guys are like me, where like you'll you'll bang out a pretty high person, you know, personalized email, like five minutes, but then take like 10 to 15 minutes to figure out what to put in the stupid subject line. Anybody got that problem? <laughs> Throw it one in the chat if you got that problem like I do. Yeah, there we go. Right. So all you, so the perfect way, <laughs> look at it. So what I would <laughs> suggest is write your email, however you want to write it, feel good about it. Throw it into chat GPT or one of these tools and say, Hey, give me three subject lines that will ma that follow best practices of today's emails and um, to to solicit a uh, to solicit somebody to open the email to give me the best chances of opening write that and it'll give you three different versions of a subject line if you don't like them say give me three more give me three more and it'll eventually help you give one that you like and then go iteration is a great use case for AI when writing emails we got a lot of examples here I really hope we get through yep. all of them we might not yeah okay, we'll have more of these oh uh, we'll get through these this year we have so many. Um, I'm going to apologize to the international crowd for me speaking too fast right now. It is recorded. We will send it to you. So you can slow yeah. down then. <laughs> 100%. 100%. stress. You can watch it in slow motion when you get it. Uh, okay. Let's talk about email two here. Uh, this one is a human that wrote yeah. this. And then we'll look at the AI, how AI rewrote it and give some feedback. Uh, focus on like the middle. Like what's the middle of our email supposed to look like in the modern age? So I, 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 the way it looks, I'm not, I, I don't hate. Okay. The, my problem with this one is everybody's saying the same shit. So this person, unfortunately, is in a world 
that I'm getting a hundred of these emails a day about how to increase my sales conversion ratios, how to improve my whatever. And it's all like, yep, whatever. This one, you got to figure out a way to stand out if this is what you're going to do. So curious, I believe C's could higher value. Obviously, you also want to avoid the duh question, like just not for anything, but like, hey, do you want to improve your conversion? Well, no shit, right? Hey, do you want more money? Like, no shit. Like, ask me a question that's going to get me to think a little bit versus a duh question. Ask us to feel frustrated for corporate Yes, low intent latest. At company, we specialize in helping providers increase value. So again, not I don't hate it. It's a good basic email for what this person does. Right. And I like, would you mind if I share more information? So that I love that call to action because that's not like a, hey, let's do something. That's like, hey, is that worth at least me sharing some information with you? Again, thinking of the story here, don't hate it. But the following touch is what, you're going to share anyway. I feel like that CTA right there, again, we're with the double ask. I like the yep. bookend asks, but one of them is a CTA. Yep. So let's take a look. Let's at send it to them at the end, right? Yeah, exactly. So let's take a look at the rewrite because I, I called this one out. And again, I again think of this as I did a little work on this to find out who the company was. And, and, and I also know the challenges. This is an outsourcing lead gen company, okay? Outsourcing historically has been a bad thing for most people because most people, oh God, an outsource SDR group. Are you kidding me? What a nightmare. I've been through it before. It's been disastrous. But now with all the AI stuff, there's actually some real justification to do outsourced SDR work here. So what I would do is call out the negative, right? Hey, ever considering outsource lead gen? In today's remote first, this approach is game changer overcoming previous misconceptions about the quality and effectiveness. And again, this is what AI wrote. I probably would have written it a little differently. Uh, but it says, at our company, we harness new technologies to provide high quality to our lead through dynamic Australian market. The strategy boosts productivity conversions, interested in exploring how we can, you know, sales approach. So really what I'm saying on this one is try to get out of the generalities of lead generation and conversion ratios that every other AI group and AI outsourcing, whatever is doing right now. Because right now with outsourcing, you're bundled into AI. And so those messages are the same. And I get 50 of those previous messages literally a day. And I'm not even joking. And every one of them just goes right over my head because I'm like, yeah, 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 yet another one. So if you want to hit me hard with some negative stuff about like, hey, you got an old perception about some negative things that happen in outsourcing. Well, look, there's a the times have changed. You should now really consider this. Uh, it's interesting to me that we are hitting some sensitive parts of what it takes to gather attention but be specific industry-wise, role-wise. Yep. Uh, there is work behind every successful email in 2024. Yeah. It is not a plug-and-play. That's mm -hmm. not a thing anymore. That died a long time ago. Uh, and if you're getting... And, and let me know in the chat, do you have leaders, just yes or no, do you have leaders that still believe plug-and-play is the way, volume is the game? I'm curious because there were a lot of leaders in the room and I always like hearing it from the front lines and the things that they experience really do make a difference. I, there's a lot of pressure to get results. Yeah. Uh, and not anymore. I love seeing all the no's. Thank yes. God we are seeing that change. Look, it, volume, AI's taken over the volume game. It, it's not, it's almost not even worth it. You have to treat outbound cold volume almost like a marketing function right now. If you want to survive in sales, you have to go deep. I call it the give a shit factor. People who followed me before know, know what I'm talking about with this. It's you have to genuinely care. Like you have to give a shit. And that's why I don't love the AI stuff because I can still tell, and I know this is weird, but for somebody who sees 250 to 300 emails a day and has a lens for this stuff, I still get, I get AI emails all the time and I don't know how to describe it other than they just don't have a soul. 
They don't have a soul and I can tell. Now, I will tell you, they are far better than the mass emails that reps are sending out through Sales Loft and Outreach and all the, you know, cadence tools, which I'm a huge fan of if used the right way. But when you mass blast, yeah, these AI tools are that much better. So you better watch out. But I still can tell that that AI email doesn't give a real shit about me. That's interesting. There's a personal attachment to the messages that we read. And, you know, for a long time in the volume game, that wasn't the case. What about email three here? Uh, first of all, there's a lot of equal signs in this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th which, you know, again, is a little different, right? So I, I got to assume AI is not doing that. So first thing, company in your area, again, it's a little general as far as that is concerned from a subject line standpoint. Visually, I know this is actually probably going to fit on one scroll on an iPhone, but it just looks chunky because it's all in one paragraph. So you need to, that's why a lot of you will see on LinkedIn, you see everybody writing these long form LinkedIn posts with this like one sentence space, one sentence space, one sentence space. As much as I hate that, because I think it's just stupid. Um, there is some psychology behind it as far as the it, it it feels less. And so it feels easier to read when it's one sentence, one sentence, one sentence, as opposed to a big chunky paragraph. So just food for thought on that. Now, bottom line, more calls, more sales, more profit. I know like number of advertising, get more inbound leads. We were other HV contractors like to learn more. How can I help you obtain? So again, a good, I would say marketing email, quite frankly, because again, I could send this out to 50 HVAC companies and see if I get a bite. I don't mind that from a marketing standpoint. If I care, and, and HVAC is tough because HVAC, there's a lot. And these people probably don't have a ton of stuff on their website to do research on and find anything about. So I, I'm going to give that one a pass as it relates to this. But, you know, yeah, good, right? And actually, as much as you, you said it, um, equal, 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 it's different. It's not, it's not a horrible. It right. just caught my attention right away. And I suppose that is a good thing. I, you know, you might want to look at it that way, right? But I, again, I took this and I, and I blanked them out, but I put in, um, I, I, I put in their company and I said, act as the sales rep. And this one's a little marketing too. Like you see that first question's a little bit cheap, right? With the, hey, turn up the heat for an HVAC system so that you might want to delete that if you think that's too, too cheesy. Um, but with vanity phone numbers, like you'll see significant impacts for over 30 years. We've been helping us discuss. Now, one of the things I would say is, Here's a way that you, this person specifically could could get my attention if I was an HVAC. HVAC would be if there was somebody else in my region who had and the numbers like one eight call it one eight hundred HVAC, right? So I know that's not a number, but the number say the number is one eight hundred HVAC. It's like oh my god, if there was somebody in my region that had a kick ass phone number that was like one eight hundred HVAC for you that type of thing. And I could tell how, met, how much traffic they were getting because of that. That is value to me. Like if you're like, hey, John, not for anything, but there's another company in your, you know, company XYZ in your space has this number and they see this much traffic because of having that vanity number. Would you like to have your vanity number? Because we can do that for you. Because basically you're getting outmatched right now just because you have a shitty phone number. Right. That would get my attention. Both of these are a little bit more marketing-esque. Yeah. Um, but I chucked this one out a little bit more. I, I like the simplicity of like change, changing this simple thing and see a, a major different result. That's attractive to, I think, most leaders. I want to hit these in like two, three minutes because yep. we've got some good questions. Uh, this is the fourth email and I want to get to the AI version. What's your thoughts on this email here? Right. So, hi. Okay. You're at the beginning of the franchise. Let's get the ball rolling. Expansion, your current delivery main stage, companies are mapping your territories to sell them. We've helped over two. So, I like it. Short, sweet, to the point. I, I actually yeah. didn't hate this one at all, especially if it's going out to a group. Now, if it was that specific franchise, 
then you want to, again, go look at that leader and figure out what they care yep. about. Because when somebody starts a franchise or starts a business, they do it for a couple of reasons, growth or lifestyle, right? Lifestyle so they can make some money and live the lifestyle that they want or growth so they can make a ton of money. And if you can find out why they started that franchise, you can connect so much deeper too. And sometimes they'll show that on social. So again, yeah. all you play, no problem at all. Yeah. Personalization, dig a little bit deeper. I thought this was the most mobile friendly email mm -hmm. that, yep. that we've got submitted. Absolutely. Here's the AI version. Break this down real quick and then we'll answer yep. some questions. So again, just a little bit of a different subject line to, to be specific about their company and their franchise. Embark on your franchise and let us be the successful expansion. Our mapping out franchise territories, critical step in scale growth. Here's a small adjustment that I might make personally to this one would be, hey, it looks like you embarked, you know, you started your first franchise. Congratulations. How are you mapping out your franchise territory right now? Mm. The reason I ask is because this is an obvious, you know, uh, critical step in your scalable growth. And we've empowered 200 franchises to do this. And this is how we do it. And then maybe show them like a, the next step on this one would be a PDF that shows maybe a, a map of a franchise territory that you could produce for them. But that's what I'm, I might, this was the AI version of it and I didn't want to screw with it. But my version of this would be, Hey, congrats on your friend. You're, you're launching your franchise. How are you current? How have you mapped out the franchise territories right now? Right. The reason I ask is because most first time franchise owners it's critical to do this and we help do that. So let's talk. Yeah, this is a great structure to follow when you're writing these emails. If you can be as specific as possible while still being brief, you're going to win. All right, this first question, please go to the Q&A and upvote the questions that matter most. We're going to rapid fire these. Uh, this one comes from Pedro Pablo Martinez. He says, Pedro. besides building a good email and subject line, what stats do you use to make sure your email doesn't, what strategies do you use to make sure your email doesn't get lost in the hundreds of other sales emails and marketing emails decision makers receive. Uh, it, it's it, there's nothing about the email itself, man. I mean, you can tweak the like. That's why I think the ADA structure. So you can tweak the subject line, tweak the intro, tweak the body, tweak the call to action. That'll help out. But really, it's about the it's the overall contact strategy. That's why I'll give you an example. Like today, these like when I make cold calls, I'm not making cold calls because I expect somebody to pick up or call me back. I actually have a heart attack if somebody does. Um, but I'm leaving that voicemail to let you know I go did I did something else, right? So it'll I'll say something like, "Hey, it's 2:35 on Wednesday afternoon. I just sent you this email. I just sent you this email. This is about if you could you know take a look and let me know. I'd re really appreciate it." And sometimes I won't even leave my my phone number. I'll just tell them to go look. So you have to think about it as a mini marketing, right? All these little impressions, a retweet, a share, a comment, an email, a phone, whatever. They're all impression points, and they all have to be positive, and they all have to tell a story. I feel like I already know you is something that I hear a lot when I finally do connect yeah. people. And it's just because I'm all over them. They can't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pedro, again, says, do you recommend sequences that reply in threads in these types of emails? Yes. Or would you send a new email with each different subject line? So slight alteration on this. I always keep the sub like, so if it's all in the same vein, right, where we're all talking about the same stuff, then absolutely keep threading it because I want to see if I got credit for my work, right? And putting RE in the subject line is a higher open rate, but don't put it as your first one. I've done these before. And somebody's like, oh, that's RE is, re you know, regards to. It's like, shut up. You know what you're doing. Stop yeah. it. And you lose all credibility, by the way. Once, once I see that, if I see RE as if I'm responding to you and then I see it's your first email, I don't care how personalized this is, I'll delete it. But when it comes to a personalized cadence, I still keep the chain, but I change the subject line based on the new thing. So if my first email to you is going to be about a merger and acquisition, and my second, then I'll, I'll write something about merger and acquisition in the subject line. And if my second one's about your new product launch, 
I will keep the thread going, but I will change the subject line to make it relevant to the new reason. Hopefully that makes sense. Good answer right there. This one comes from Tom. He says, is that essentially taking the most common objective out of the equation right up front? Uh, Tom, if you could give us some more content. I'm guessing he means like the objection that I was mentioning on the, um, you know, outsourcing. So yes. So I call it the preemptive strike. If you okay. know there's an objection that you hit all the time, right? Don't wait for it. Bring it up. Like straight up say, hey, I'm well, always using outsourcing. I bet you've done it. Are you like every other CEO, uh, VP of sales out there who's tried outsourcing in the past and it's been a disaster? Yeah, I know. Like this is why it's different now. John, are you saying we should personalize every single email? Oh, absolutely not. You have to, I mean, the statistics say that only 25% of an email needs to be personalized itself. So you get usually that first line. So they see it's about them and then you can repurpose. Um, and in a contact strategy, say it's a 10 touch sequence, usually only three to three of mine are actually personalized. So I start with personalization because I want to show you I'm a human, but then I, then I go to relevance and I might share a piece of content. Then I might ask a relevant question to that persona, like, Hey, how are you, you know, as a VP of sales, are you seeing this? And then I might do another personalized one with like a LinkedIn video or something like that, being like, hey, I've been following you for a while and I was noticing, I noticed on LinkedIn, you're doing some cool stuff. Let me talk. And then I'll send over another personalized or another persona driven relevant one and then share a piece of content. And then maybe just maybe on the way out the door, I send a breakup email, but it's not a breakup to say, oh, last time I'm reaching out, that's stupid. Shut up. Or the one, two, three stuck under a rock bullshit. Stop doing that. I usually end with overvalue. It's like, hey, it looks like whatever your issue is that I'm trying to sell you on here is not a priority for you at this point, which means awesome for you. Here's a whole bunch of free resources. Feel free to reach out to me when you have a question, if, if there's anything I ever I can do to help. Well, John, I want to thank you for coming and spending your time with us today and reviewing our people's emails. I love it when y'all submit your emails and allow us to go through them and give you suggestions. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to drop John's course. Yeah, drop that link in. in the chat. Go grab that right now because that is like a thousand dollar membership that you, you can have get about 300 bucks you get me as your coach all year for three bring real deals to this man he will help you close them i want to thank you guys for joining us today and go ahead and follow us on social sellbetter.xyz we will see you tomorrow with another stellar guest to help you sell better have a great day everybody later everybody make it happen